Hello, and welcome to the Harvest Podcast brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina. Here at The Field, we put love into action. We hope you are blessed by these previous sermons by Reverend Dr. Peter M. Wary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church and Instagram at The Field CLT. Wherever you are, can you just lift your hands and begin to honor the Lord, worship Him. Hallelujah, for truly He is awesome. He is worthy. He is amazing. Thank you, Jesus.
Good morning. Any worshipers in the house today? Anybody just glad about what God is doing in your life? Yeah. Listen, it doesn't matter where you are. You might be in Burundi. You might be on the East Coast. You might be on the West Coast. But the great thing is today, we have come to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to thank Mitch. I want to thank this, this musical accompaniment. We've come to give God praise today. We've come to give him glory. Ah, we've come to bask in his glory. We've come to worship him. We've come to praise him today. We've come to lift up the name of Jesus. Are you ready for the word today? Are you ready for the word today? I'm excited today to bring and share a word of encouragement, a word that will challenge you, a word that will praise and bring glory to God. Amen. Greetings, family. Today, I want to share a familiar word from the book of Romans, verses chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. But I'm going to be reading it today from a not-so-familiar Version. I'm going to be reading out of the message version today. The message. There, you'll find these words of Paul, but in the message version. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work. You're walking around and place it before God as an offering, as a sacrifice. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants from you and quickly responding to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to the level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. 
May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing and moreover the divine understanding of his holy and righteous words. Today, I want to share a from the subject, a radical departure, a radical departure. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to be in the land of the living. We thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to break the bread of life. Father, when we think about how good you've been to us, as the old folks say, you've been better to us and we've been to ourselves. And right now, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would consume me, that you would decrease me and allow your spirit to increase in me, that your people will be fed, your people will be challenged, they will be encouraged by this word. I pray this today in the name of your son and our Savior Jesus. And all of God's people shouted, Amen. And thank God. Listen, I, I am um, so excited today for another opportunity to stand in the shoes of John. Uh, the Bible always says that we are to give honor where honor is due. So I want to thank Pastor, um, uh, our visionary pastor, for calling me and asking me to, to stand today and break the bread of life. Listen, I'm excited today about this word because it, it, it is one of those words um, that, that's going to sort of hit you. Uh, and, and as Pastor would say, if it hits you, it, it, it's not really meaning to miss you today. Um, you know, when I was in uh, seminary and taking homiletics, my preaching course, my homiletic teacher said, you're going to, when you preach, you're going to do one of two things. Either, either you're going to preach people to their feet or you're going to convict them in their seats. Uh, today, it's more of a convicting uh, message because I need to talk to you today about a radical departure, a radical departure. Listen, the book of Romans is, is written by the Apostle Paul. Paul writes the book of Romans in Corinth on his way to Jerusalem um, to deliver an offering uh, from the Gentiles to the poor Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. Paul generally writes to churches that he's established, um, and generally he writes uh, letters of correction, letters of instructions, letters literally to deal with the mess that's going on in the church that he's founded. This letter is no different than those letters, except Paul has never visited Rome. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's, he's never been there, so he uses the letter of, of Rome of Romans as an opportunity to do more than just deal with the mess that's going on in the church, more than just write about corrections, more than to write about instructions, but he uses the letter of Romans as an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. 
He shares the reality of sin and the salvation that was accomplished on the cross, the union of believers with Christ, and the access that we have to the radical, wonder-working power of God if one is willing to make a radical departure. Listen, to be radical means to be exceedingly, extraordinarily, immensely different from the usual or the traditional. Favoring, listen, the extreme change in existing views, habits, conditions, and when one changes one's views radically, generally, that's when institutions change, communities change, families change, people change, children get affected, and the whole body of Christ gets set on fire. Are you with me? A departure, on the other hand, it's, it's a little bit more tricky. And honestly, I believe it's literally where we get tripped up because we, we confuse sometimes a departure, stick with me now, with a trip. Listen, a departure can be a part of a trip, but the departure in the sense that I'm using it today um, can't be confused with a trip because a departure is an act of leaving uh, to start a new journey. I'm speaking to somebody right now. Um, it's, it's a deviation from the accepted or the prescribed or traditional course of action or thought. A trip, though, on the other hand, generally involves leaving one place and making it a round trip and returning to the destination that one begins at. And, and watch this. Paul is, is not talking about that type of departure. Paul is attempting in this text uh, to provide a solution so that we stop, watch this, tripping with the I-N-G in the sense that we keep falling and we can't get up or trip in in the sense taking off the G um, in the context that when God really looks at our lives, when he comments on our living, he would literally say to us, y'all tripping. Come on, somebody. Listen, the entire biblical story from the beginning to the end is about folks who have tripped. Can I get a witness today? Um, Adam and Eve tripped in the garden of Eden and sin, even though God has told them, I got everything you need. They felt like uh, the tree of life had more than the life giver himself. They were tripping. Every time Israel would break the covenant with God, uh, they would trip. God would say, go left. They would end up going right. God would say, stop. They would end up and keep going. God would say, stay, and they would move on. They were tripping. But the good news in the Bible is that the Messiah that was born of a virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate and was born in a city called Bethlehem, watch this, was a radical departure. How many of you all know today that... Uh, 
that sin was going to have to have a radical response in order for man to be pulled back into a right relationship with God. Paul today in his brilliance was, was literally sharing an old concept with a twist. Yeah, a twist to devise, be, to be devised, excuse me, to do something radical, something that would depart from the norm and yet be immersed in the norm and yet stay right in the center of the sanctuary because uh, Paul says that when you do this, it will literally be your true worship. Now, I got to put a pin here for a second because wherever there is the call for something to be true, it's got to also be evidential that Everything that we call something isn't necessarily what it is. So in other words, what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, if Paul says that there is some true worship or this is your true worship, then there must be some fake worship. Can I get a witness today? Because every hand that's raised ain't really praising. Come on, somebody. Every shout unto the Lord is not necessarily a true form of worship to God. Every run in the house, come on somebody, ain't really a true run in the house. So Paul is making a distinction today that he is looking for some true worshipers and your true worship, watch this now, involves something with a twist. Paul says in the message text, in the message version today that, watch this, every day, ordinary Life, your sleep, uh, what you eat, you're, you're, you're going to work, you're, you're walking around, you're talking, you're, you're, you're joking, you're having fun with your kids, hanging out with your boys and your girls. Um, he's talking about the life that we live and the placing it before God as an offering or as a sacrifice. But he's not talking about just any kind of sacrifice. Um, he's talking today about a radical sacrifice. Come on, somebody. If you would have been Jewish at the time of Paul speaking and, and, and you heard this about the sacrifice, um, this would have been familiar with you because the Jews understood that the entire purpose of the entire sacrificial system, don't miss this, was to restore what man was continuing to destroy. Oh, somebody missed that. Um, they understood that the purpose of, of, of watch this, of, of all of the doves, all of the burnt offerings, all of the cereal offerings, all of the peace offerings, the sin offerings, as well as the guilt sacrifice, the goal was the same to atone, to provide reparations, uh, expiation, in other words, to deal with the issue of sin. Now, I know we don't talk a lot about sin anymore in the house of God. As a matter of fact, when we say sin, even though it's a three-letter word, it's like we've said a four-letter word. Folks don't want to deal with S-I-N. But Paul brings it straight on front street, as we would say. 
Paul brings it so, so that the folks would understand God's not necessarily concerned about what you do just on Sunday morning. God is also concerned with your ordinary, everyday, Monday life, your Tuesday life, your Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday life. He, he, he wants you to, to do this, but you got to do it through a sacrifice. Are you with me? But it's not any type of sacrifice. It's, it's got to be a radical sacrifice. And the reason that it's got to be radical, because we serve a radical God. Oh, come on, somebody. I know, I know. <clears throat> you, you, you're comfortable right now uh, on, on your couch. You're comfortable on your, your sofa. But I need you to understand today that the God that we serve is a radical God, because when man sinned and when we participate in sin, something Radical has to happen in order for us to be brought back. And that's why today I need to talk to you for just a few moments on a radical departure because Paul is trying to get the, the, the Roman church to understand that if you want something different, watch this, you got to do something different. Paul is saying that we're going to have to take a radical departure from our understanding. Are you with me? <clears throat> so I don't want you to miss this. Here, here's, here's point one. The text says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. You must allow God to help you. Did you just hear what I said? Listen, Gregory um, Bateson, he is a famous anthropologist and cyber nest. Yeah. Um, he says, listen to this, it takes two to know one. Did you hear that? It takes two to know one. He, he is referring to the social scientists. He, he's, he's referring to man being literally a social being in relationship with others, and it's through that relationship with others that one gets to know thyself. This is good news because this confirms, watch this, that man was never, ever, forever, ever created to be an island. This also is the African concept that it not only takes a village to raise a child, it still takes a village to raise a man. And I'm going to say it and put it in this context. The church still needs a village because we need each other. You know how the song goes? I need you. You need me. Yeah, we're all a part of God's body. But, but, but there has to be a radical departure in our thinking in, in order for us to do this because, listen to this, with the onset of COVID, nothing is going to be the same forever, ever again in the church. And those churches that are trying to go back and, and grasp what they had pre-COVID, they're never going to get there because God has set it up that the church is never supposed to put its hand to the plow and look back realizing that we're never going to be fit for the kingdom of God. I wish I had some Bible reading folks, some Bible study folks. It's never going to be the same. God says, I want you 
to have a radical departure. Now listen, the same thing that Paul is describing and the same thing that Gregory Baton described in the social science context, um, Paul is talking about in the spiritual realm. Come on, somebody. Paul is literally connecting the spiritual dots with the carnal dots. Paul is saying we have to stop separating and compartmentalizing our spiritual lives from our regular lives. Paul is saying what you do in your carnal walk has to also line up in your spiritual walk. I'm speaking to somebody. Paul is saying what you do in your, in your diet, yes, has to line up in your spiritual diet. I'm speaking to somebody. Have you ever thought about this for a second? I, I want to show you how sometimes we, as the church, um, we bless mess. You, you ever seen somebody that, 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 now I'm not talking about folks who have eating disorders and eating issues. I'm talking about folks who just ain't taking care of themselves because this is a holy temple which has to be acceptable before God. And so if I'm going to come up here and, and I'm going to preach the good news of God, don't you realize that I got to take care of this holy temple so that when I get up here, I can have this temple do what God has called it to do. Now, you all know that I've had some surgery on my back. And yet, as I talked about the last time I preached, when I stretch out, when I do the things that God said I need to do to take care of this temple, um, there is a reciprocal relationship between the blessings of God and, and me having uh, the ability to do what God has called me to do when I preach his word. And sometimes what we end up doing in the church is blessing mess. You ever seen somebody? And, 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 and please don't take this the wrong way because I ain't talking. But I'm talking about somebody that is not taking care of themselves. And, and before they can get the first word out, they're huffing and puffing. And, and, we, and we, we're asking God literally to bless mess. And, and God is saying, no, I need you to take a radical um, departure away from what you've always done because everything that we've always done, how many of y'all know, has not been pleasing to God? Come on, somebody. Now, now listen, I said the first point is very simple. You must allow God to help you. How many of y'all have met somebody that won't allow anybody else to help them? Now, now, most of the time, it applies to, to the men folk. We, we, we don't want nobody to help us to put the toys together at Christmas. We don't want to read the directions at Christmas. We think we got it all because we think we know it all. But Paul says you're going to have to involve God in this walk, especially if you're going to do something different. Now watch this. This concept that Paul lays out to the hearers are, he says, um, I want you to be a living sacrifice. And now, now this is confusing because 
Sacrifices don't live. Sacrifices are designed to die. Can I get a witness? But Paul says, in order for you to understand this, I need you to think differently. That's why the, the scripture, when we read it in the King James Version, when we read it in the NIV Version, it says you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul is trying to get the hearers to understand, and they, they knew, especially the Jews that were listening, that they understood the sacrificial system. But here's the problem. They also knew that there was an intercessor between them and, and the giving of the sacrifice to the one, the deity that they were giving it to God. Come on, somebody. They, they understood that they were supposed to get the sacrifice, but they also understood that it was supposed to go to the priest. And Paul says, no, 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 no. Now that the Messiah has come, everything has changed, and you need to have a radical departure from the, the thinking of old so that you can embrace the thinking of new. And that's why I said, watch this, in the advent of COVID, church will never, ever, forever, ever be the same. Church has changed now. Everybody that's trying to go back to the way it was ain't going to happen. That's why. Yeah, yeah, here it may feel, that's why we got a digital pastor. That's why we, we, we got a church now and welcome Burundi to the family. That's why now. We're doing things different, but we've got to be thinking different, and we've got to make a radical departure in our thinking. Watch what Paul says. Paul says, watch how Paul fixes. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, Paul says, I die daily. Paul is echoing what he said in Romans 8 and 38, as it is written, for your sake, we're being killed all day long. We're being counted as sheep before the slaughter. Paul is also echoing what Jesus says in Luke 9 and 23. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciples, then what you're going to have to do is pick up your cross. The cross represents the death. And he says, you must deny yourself every single day, just as Paul said, and follow me. But Paul ties it up. He bow ties it all up in Galatians 2 and 20. This is what he says. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Can I fix this up just a little bit? Paul is saying he's doing sort of what Kim says. I, I, I'm not the man that I used to be. Um, I used to uh, walk this way, but I don't walk that way anymore. Paul is also saying, even though it looks like I am exactly who I used to be, I ain't the same no more. Paul says, nevertheless, because I'm being crucified with Christ, I live. But yet not I. It's this new man living in me. So when you see me walking, it's not really my steps. It's Christ. When you see me talking, it's not really my voice. It's Christ. When you see me shouting, it's not really my praise. It's Christ's praise echoing off me. And he says, because Christ living in me and now the life that I now live in the flesh, Paul says, I live it by faith. And he says that the son of God who loved me gave himself for me. Paul says, I can't do this on my own. I need God's help and you need God's help too. I'm talking about a radical departure. Come on, somebody. 
The second thing Paul says is you're going to have to, if you're going to do a radical departure, you're going to have to fix your attention on God. Here's my second point. You will have to fix it. You'll have to fix it. Do you know, y'all, that there's some things that only you can fix? Did you hear what I just said? There are some things in this life that only you can do for you. Matter of fact, Billy Holiday said, God bless the child that has his own, but God also blessed the child that realized that there's only certain things that you can do. Listen, grandma can pray for you all day, baby. Uh, she can pray for you all night, but not until you accept the Lord as your personal savior, that's when you're saved. In other words, there ain't going to be no grandbabies in heaven in the sense that grandma or somebody else has prayed them in. There are certain things in this life that only you can do for you. God has been waiting, listen very carefully, for somebody right now. Let me, let me, I'm sorry, I forgot I'm down, I can say it downstairs. Right now. He's been waiting for somebody right now and to, to sign up to do what only God can do for you. Do you realize in the African-American community, um, we don't do therapy? Did you? Did you realize that? Yeah, black folks will literally lose their mind up in here, up in here before we talk to somebody. And, and it's great to get churchology and talk about baby Jesus will work it out. Baby Jesus going to make a way out of no way. But, but, but you got to do something. You got to address this radical departure and you've got to begin watch this to deal with this stinking thinking or or to, to stop thinking stinking did you hear what i just said listen here's what paul says paul says in second corinthians uh 10 verses 4 and 5 for though for though we live in the world we do not wage war like the world does Matter of fact, he says the weapons that we fight with shouldn't be weapons of this world at all. He says, on the contrary, we've got to engage divine powers to demolish strongholds. Listen to this. He says in verse 5, we have to demolish every argument, every pretentiousness that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We've got to take captive every thought that is not obedient to Christ. This is dealing with the stinking thinking. You, you, yeah. So, so I, know, I know somebody's asking me, Pastor Jeff, how, how do we deal with stinking thinking? Well, first of all, um, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't all that deep. It's practical stuff. Um, quit thinking that going to church is going to solve your problem. No. That, in the Bible, yeah. The Bible does say, forsake not to assemble thyselves together. Yeah, we need to come to church. But the Bible also says you need to study to show thyself approved. You cannot have the mind of Christ and you don't know what Christ did. You don't know what Christ is doing and you're trying to, you ain't never going to figure out what he's going to do because you're not spending time with Christ. You got to study the word of God. Next thing you got to do, you got to have a fervent prayer life. Come on, somebody. 
Every now and then, you got to be able to get down on your little knees all by yourself. And you got to know how to call on the name of the Lord. I'm not talking about calling on the name of the Lord like grandma called. I'm not talking about calling on the name of the Lord like Annie called. I'm talking about you getting real with God and just letting God know what you stand in need of. Because sometimes you need to throw up the flag of surrender and just say, Lord, here I am. I surrender. I ain't trying to fix it up. I ain't trying to put it into a song. I need you right now. But God says when you call on him, um, he'll show up right on time. But you got to do something because only there are certain things in this life that only you can do. Every single thought has to be held captive so that we can radically depart to where God wants us to be. Finally, this is what Paul says, and I'm just about done. Paul concludes by saying, uh, not unlike the culture around you, which is always trying to drag you down to its level of immaturity, God will bring literally the best out of you. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the final point I want to make today. Um, I want to tell somebody today that the best is yet to come. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you've been. All I know is that today God is wanting you to make a radical move to him. Now, Beyonce said it might be to the left, to the left. I don't know. It might be to the right, to the right. I don't know. It might be backing that thing up. I don't know. But all I know is God is looking for some radical folks who are ready to make some radical moves in the name of Jesus because he ends the text, watch this, by saying, the best is yet to come. And it reminds me of Donald Lawrence's song. Yeah, it reminds me of it. He says, hold on, my brother, don't give up. Hold on, my sister, just look up. There is a master plan in store for you if you just pick it through. Guess what? God's going to really blow your mind. He's going to make it worth your time. For all of the trouble you've been through, the blessings trouble just for you. I'm here to tell you that the best is yet yes. to come. The best. This is right. The best is yet to come. I don't know what you're going through. I don't need to know what you're going through. But I know that we serve a radical God that is ready for you to make a radical departure. Some of us need to get out of relationships that we're in. Some of us need to get into a relationship that we need to be in. Some of us need to run for us. Run. 
other folks need to sit down and see the salvation of the Lord. But I'm telling you what Paul said in the text. He said this. Love is. Oh yeah. Is yet to come. Love is. Yes. Love is yet to come. This is what he says. Today is the first day of the best day of your life. Tomorrow. Today is the best day of the best days of your life. Today. Today is the first day of the best days of your life. Oh, the best. Listen. Is yet to come. Listen, listen, listen. Keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. The doors of the church are open. It's open. Listen, that's, that's, that's metaphorical for, for God is ready to receive you. God has done so much radically for us that he's saying, I, I need you to move now. You've been trying to do it the same old way. Um, you're expecting the best of God, but, but God has something that he's requiring of you. And what he's requiring of you is for you to move, not 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 slowly move, but literally to radically move. Come on, somebody. Um, I don't care where you are right now. East Coast, West Coast, <laughs> South America, North America, on the continent of Africa. You might be in an Asian continent. You might be in the Caribbeans. You might be sitting on the beach listening to this. All I'm telling you is today that since we serve such a radical God, there is nothing that he can't do because he's already proved it. He sent his son down through 42 generations to die on a hill called Calvary for the remissions of our sins. But guess what? He didn't stay dead on the cross, was put in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day, the Bible says that he rose with all power, all authority in his hands. You talk about some radical stuff. And you think that if God can do that, he can't get you out of your situation? You, you think he can't heal your relationship? You think he can't deal with cancer? You, you think he can't deal with a light bill? Now, what I want to tell you is he might not necessarily deal with it the way that we want it to be dealt with, but I can tell you right now, sure as I'm standing here, God will deal with it. So the best is yet to come. All you have to do, watch this, is take the first step. God said, if you take the first step, I'll take the next step. But 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 somebody needs now to hear that you need to, instead of stepping, you need to run on and see what the end is going to bring. Can I get a witness today? The best is yet to come. I pray today something has been said or done in this place that encouraged your walk. You know, when I was a little boy growing up, 
in the Hall House, um, my dad told me that whenever we met somebody, he he said, son, you gotta, you gotta throw you, you gotta square your shoulders, you gotta look them in the eye and let them know who you are. I believe today that God has encouraged someone today, has lifted up a bow down head. And I want to close out by letting you know that the best is yet to come. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this worship experience. We thank you for this word. We thank you for being a radical God that requires us to do radical things. We ask you to continue to bless and keep us now until we come back together again. And if by chance we don't come back together, if by chance we go on to glory, let somebody know today that it is well with my soul. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And every heart said, amen. listening to the harvest podcast we pray that the message uplifted encouraged and challenged you as you continue to walk with god if you're looking for a church home the field is not confined by the four walls of the church if you wish to become a partner in ministry but more importantly a member of this global family simply click the link in the channel page